0: And SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search for the Belmont Media Podcast Network. And now on to the talking news. Barrels to return to Joey's Park and Town Field by Joanna K. Zavalis. Almost one year ago Joey's Park and Belmont was closed by town officials due to a rat infestation. A rat treatment program helped solve the problem and the park reopened November 22, 2017. However, the, reta- the rats returned again in February. Townfield Playground also saw a rise in rat population and had to be temporarily closed. In March, the Belmont Board of Selectmen voted to temporarily institute a policy requiring visitors to Joey's Park and Townfield Playground to take all their trash with them when they leave due to the overflowing barrels which led to the rat issues. Since then, Public Works Assistant Director Michael Santoro said he believes the parks have been cleaner. According to Wesley Chin, Belmont Health Director, the rats are under control in both parks and with continued monitoring by a pest control company. In July, Public Works Director Jay Marcott informed the selectmen that Dog's Waste was being disposed of inside the portable toilets at Joey's Park and Town Field. This led to the removal of some of the portable toilets, as well as the locking of all remaining portable toilets in these fields. In a memorandum memorandum to Town Administrator Patrice Garvin, Marcotte wrote, We believe in carry-in, carry-out has reduced these concerns and because of the pilot program, we have realized internal development opportunities that have been addressed. We have changed policies with youth groups on being responsible stewards, placing locks on porta parties, monthly inspections of all the parks in town, treated with safe non hazardous deterrence. DPW has continued discussions with the health department and the animal control officer on continued education with residents that participate in the off the leash program on proper disposal of doggy bags. We are working with the recreation department on permitted parties. This will have a minimal fee and a scheduled time and location. We have had several discussions with the schools and changing snack time behaviors particularly with food at recess. We have taken a holistic approach on reducing the litter challenges. This can be achieved when we are a community working together in reducing litter uh, at our playgrounds. Many users of parks, including Belmont resident Emily Peterson, were very unhappy with locked portable toilets and having nowhere to dispose of their trash. Peterson stated uh, started actually a petition on September 21st to ask the town to fund a the installation of rodent-proof big belly solar trash cans at Joey's Park and Town Field to mitigate the litter problem. The petition states the lack of trash receptacles and facilities has resulted in significant litter because people don't want to dispose of sticky ice cream wrappers in their bags as well as young children routinely urinating in the bushes surrounding the park on weekends. This is unsanitary, and this proposal aims to solve the litter problem, as well as provide provide facilities for park use without return of the rodent problem. The petition got more than 200 signatures online and in print. Peterson said she was considering bringing it to a town meeting, but hoped a solution could be reached with the selectmen. On September 28th, the Board of Selectmen held a public hearing on the carry-in-carry-out policy, and Marquardt gave an estimate of what it would cost the town to purchase and maintain the Big Belly barrels. Each barrel would cost about $3,700 to $4,000, plus $500 to $700 to install on a required concrete pad. The barrels would need to be emptied. Weekend days and holidays from April 1st to December, which would cost $23,400. Due to the high cost of the barrels and the cost to fix them if they break, Selectman asked Marcotte to return four barrels to Joey's Park and two barrels to Town Field and have them emptied on weekends to prevent them from overflowing and attracting rats. Markhart said he would make sure all the portable toilets are unlocked. Marcot will monitor all the barrels in and in November the selectman will revisit the issue to determine if a different kind of barrel should be purchased. Belmont resident Jeffrey Liberty, Jeff Liberty recommended steel-covered barrels, which are bear-proof and often seen at beaches and national parks. He also recommended asking local businesses to sponsor barrels to cover the necessary funding. And now over to my colleague, Claire.
1: Thank you, Bob. Taking a closer look at the exterior. Public takes a look at the materials being used for the exterior of the Bradford buildings by Joanna K. Zavellis. A small crowd gathered at the construction site of the Bradford development for two hours on September 29th to view a mock of the materials the developer Toll Brothers Apartment Living Plans to use on the three buildings. Project Manager Otto Weiss and Architect Peter Quinn reviewed the materials and designs with the public who attended. The Bradford, when completed, will be three separate buildings with 112 luxury apartments and 38,000 square feet of retail space. The first building on the corner of Trapella and Williston Roads is currently called the Winslow and is where Starbucks will be located. It is expected to open in early 2019. The second building expected to be completed will be the Highland, on the corner of Belmont and Common Street. The Pomona, the largest of the three buildings, will be located on the corner of Trapella Road and Common Street. The project is slated to be completed by early 2020, according to Bill Lovett, Regional Director of Acquisitions and Development for Toll Brothers Apartment Living. <coughs> Excuse me. According to Planning Department staff planner Spencer Gober, the public was invited to look at the materials as part of the approval process with the Planning Board. The next step will be for the planning board to review public feedback and have a discussion about the materials. Weiss reviewed the three sections of the mock-up, which represented each of the three buildings. The building materials displayed included windows, limestone, bricks, a variety of cement siding, and shingles, fiber cement panels, metal roofing, painted trim, cornices, storefront windows, grout joints, base materials, and so forth. The buildings won't look alike. Using renderings of each of the three buildings, Quinn walked the spectators through the mock-ups for each of the buildings. The Pomona will have four stories with a well-defined base made of glass storefront windows with brushed aluminum, dark polished faced block at the base, limestone at the midsection with large bays, painted white. True limestone, two inches thick with a deep cleft pattern in it. Gray cast stone and tow stories of tawny and eggplant colored thin brick. The highland on the corner of Common and Belmont Streets was the most challenging to design because it has 15 feet of grade, according to Quinn. The bottom part of the building will be red brick The middle part of the building would be painted fiber cement clapboard in a maple color with wide white trim. The top level has a line of cornices and fiber cement panels on the third story. The Winslow has a storefront base with aluminum windows and red brick on the first story. The next two stories have fiber cement shingles in a deep red color and windows with a wide white trim. There would be an elaborate cornice at the entry with a large white bay and columns in the front. The intention was to have three separate buildings that didn't look alike. The idea was to make them look like they had been here a long time. And eventually they will, and each one has its own character on the outside, which leads to a whole sequence of different kinds of window patterns. Now, here's Bob. Thank
2: you, Claire. Ushering in marijuana's future voters approved the establishment of two recreational marijuana retailers by Ellie French. To some Belmont residents, it seems almost paradoxical for a place that got into the alcohol game more than a century late to approve retail licenses for marijuana so soon. In a special election, September 25th, Belmont voters approved the establishment of two recreational marijuana retailers. This move was surprising to some residents who remember the town's 148-year dry spell. Belmont didn't see its first liquor store until 2007, though limited restaurant alcohol licenses have been available since 1998. Longtime Belmont resident Mary Scally, president of the League of Women Voters, said the fact that she was on Belmont's alcohol committee from its inception has made it especially interesting for her to watch the town grapple with rules and regulations for marijuana legalization. I think Belmont did a good thing restricting and setting regulations for alcohol, Scally said. It helped the townspeople understand what could be done. Now for marijuana, Belmont, like other small towns in Massachusetts, trying to live with the fact that 51% of Massachusetts voted for it, so setting regulations for that is good. Angelo Forense, a former selectman who grew up in Belmont and recently moved to Winchester, said Belmont's special election should have been reconfirmed whether to bring marijuana to Belmont at all, not to decide between limited and unlimited number of dispensaries. Bringing alcohol to Belmont is what brought us into the 21st century, Ferenczi said, but marijuana is still illegal federally. I don't like it. I'm not happy about it. I didn't vote for it. So what does a marijuana-friendly future look like in Belmont? According to some, impact will be minimal. I don't think it's going to have much impact, said William Brownsburg, of Belmont State Senator. First of all, I don't think it's likely that we'll have any dispensaries in Belmont, and if we do, it'll be very discreet, not particularly visible, with limited signage. It'll probably be 50 years before we have two marijuana facilities in Belmont. Instead, Brownberger suspects retail facilities will be clustered outside of Belmont in places like Boston and Cambridge. Brownberger said he, act- he doesn't actually think the results of the special election will have much of an impact, saying that he mostly voted no because he wanted Belmont to have the option of having testing facilities in town. But alcohol and marijuana are two very different beasts, according to Bronsberger. You said the kind of economic impact introducing liquor licenses had on the town just wouldn't be replicated with marijuana, even if dispensaries open in Belmont. I think that the alcohol licensing has had a very significant impact on the town because it has made restaurants viable and a result of the alcohol licensing, we now have a lot of very nice restaurants in Belmont. Brownsberger said that would not have happened without the alcohol licensing. but there are some parallels between the two legis- legalizations when the town first voted to introduce liquor licenses, some Belmont residents were hesitant about bring alcohol to town. The same, of course, is true of marijuana, but both substances were approved by Belmont's voters. Peter Bernard, president of the Massachusetts Growers Advocacy Council, said once dispensaries start opening, he thinks a lot of the fears around them will dissipate. There's still a lot of stigma about it, which makes it difficult in some towns, but Belmont voted to allow two. As long as those two do everything right, the town will be a bit more relaxed with it, Bernard said. But in Belmont, it won't be as easy to get weed as it is to get, say, wine. In fact, the age limit to purchase marijuana will be 25 as opposed to 21 for alcohol. Barnard called this discrepancy arbitrary nonsense. If you're 21, you're old enough to make up your mind on alcohol, which is actually poison from a technical standpoint. If you're going to do that, you better do that with marijuana too because alcohol is far more dangerous. Barnard said it's the stupidest thing. He said that with the taxes, marijuana sales could bring in for the town might actually make Belmont safer. Retail establishments, in particular, are going to bring money to the town. Bonnet said they get three percent of the sales tax, and they can do whatever they want with that. They can use that towards the schools. They can use it towards police or fire. They can use it towards fixing potholes, smoke pot for potholes, you know. Selectman Adam Dash said now that the votes are over and done with, it's time for Belmont to look for the future when it comes to marijuana. Whether you want marijuana in state or not, has always been voted on, so that's no sense in going back there, I said. Now we must live with the reality regulating it, controlling it, taxing it, and making sure it stays out of hands of people who shouldn't have it. He said, Belmont is no more or less strict than any place else when it comes to marijuana. I'm heartened to see that the people of Belmont were supportive of the compromise on this issue particularly as compromise in political life these days can be hard to come by, said. Now the next piece of it has to do with the zoning, which the town meeting will be voting on in November. And then we will see if any of these shops are interested in opening in the town or not. And now to my twin brother, Bob. Take it away.
0: Film Looks to Understand Gender Revolution by Fran Young. The story of gender plays out all around us. From the time a baby is born, gender plays a powerful role in the expectations imposed upon individuals by their family, society, and eventually on themselves. While the implications of gender may be less rigid than in the past, gender is still very much viewed as a bina- binary concept, fixed and sometimes oppressively restrictive. A -A -A GLAAD study estimates that 12% of Millennials identify as transgender, meaning they don't identify as the sex they were assigned at birth or that their gender expression is different than conventional expectations for their gender. The film Gender Revolution follows Katie Keurig as she travels coast to coast to meet with transgender individuals and leading experts to explore an evolving understanding of gender identity. It examines the roles of science, politics, and culture on gender as it sheds light on complex stories of struggle, ignorance, understanding, and love. Bringing greater clarity and understanding to the topic of gender identity is critical to the safety of transgender individuals. A new study published by the American Academy of Pediatrics revealed alarmingly high rates of attempted suicide among transgender youth. More than one-half of males and about 30% of transgender females reported attempting suicide. A national survey by GLSEN reported that 75% Of transgender youth felt unsafe at school. The controversy around the use of bathrooms has only served to make a vulnerable youth the center of people's harmful stereotypes and unfounded fears. Even in Massachusetts where in 2016 transgender individuals gained the right to equal access to public accommodations These rights are at risk of being rescinded by Question 3 on the November ballot. This is not to say there hasn't been progress. Conversations about transgender issues are more common and meaningful. Support is more readily available in states like Massachusetts. Gay and transgender youth are coming out earlier than ever the medical profession is also more aware of the needs of transgender youth and able to offer interventions that provide genuine relief, such as puberty suppression when desired. And over to Claire.
1: Thank you, Bob. Meet Belmont High's New Assistant Principal by Joanna K. Zuvellis. Over the summer, the Belmont public schools hired a new assistant principal for Belmont High School, Daniel O'Brien. O'Brien is an experienced assistant principal and former social studies teacher. According to Superintendent John Phelan, at the core of his practice is the importance of forming strong relationships with students, staff, and parents to ensure students' success. In addition to his in-school work, O'Brien has enjoyed the ability to connect with students outside of the classroom through his work as a lacrosse coach. For readers to get to know him a little better, O'Brien recently answered some questions from the Citizen Herald via email. What are you looking forward to most about your new role as assistant principal at BHS? I am most looking forward to interacting with the students and teachers in the building. In my brief encounters so far, I have been thoroughly impressed by the passion, dedication, and commitment of those staff that I have met during the summer. I have heard so many wonderful things about the students and the dynamic classes that I am eager to be in the halls and interacting with the school community. What do you think your greatest challenges will be? I am really excited about working more closely with high school students and teachers. With the exception of my time in Burlington and my years coaching high school, most of my career has been in a middle school setting, and I am looking forward to the unique challenges that high school brings. Now, here's Bob.
2: Thank you, Claire. New Transportation Advisory Committee approved. Changing the name and charge of the Traffic Advisory Committee to focus more on pedestrian and bicycle safety was one of the recommendations made by a Belmont resident who attended the September 13th Traffic Advisory Committee's meeting. On October 1st, the Belmont Board of Selectin- Selectmen voted in favor of disbanding the current Traffic Advisory Committee and approved the charge drafted by Town Administrator Patrice Garvin for a new Transportation Advisory Committee. According to the charge approved by the Selectmen, the role of the Transportation Advisory Committee is to evaluate and make recommendations to the Board of Selectmen about the improvement of the safety of the public ways in Belmont for pedestrian, bicycling, and vehicle traffic. Responsibilities will include, but will not be limited to, reviewing and making recommendations concerning aspects of specific issues that have an impact an overall pedestrian, bicyclist, and traffic management, such as parking restrictions, traffic calming, and safety techniques, signage improvements, crosswalk identification, intersection configuration, and speeding. The new committee will also be responsible for reviewing existing policies and recommending revised or new policies that will utilize the data resulting from town initiated studies and models including but not limited to transportation plan the new committee will have nine members appointed by the selectmen for a two-year terms including a member of safe <coughs> excuse me safe routes to schools and preferably a resident with traffic engineering experience or background applications I do by November 1st, and the selectmen hope to make the appointments at the November 5th meeting. The current chairman of the Traffic Advisory Committee, Larry McDonald, says he feels it's time to reorganize and restructure. I'm totally in favor of that, he said. Tammy Kalise and Kate Bowen told the selectmen during the meeting that they were concerned about how the new committee would use information collected from the town's new website which will collect data from residents about traffic concerns and how the new committee will function differently from the current committee. Bowen said she'd like to see Belmont have a transportation plan like other neighboring towns. She recommended the selectmen wait before voting on the charge for the new committee until they have a clearer idea of how it's going to be governed and function. And now to my colleague, Bob.
0: (coughs) Thank you. Website seeks input on street sidewalk issues by Joanna Cazavallis. Using a, using a technical <coughs> assistance grant from the state, town administrator Patricia uh, Garvin has launched a complete streets st- stakeholder input website on the town website for residents to provide input on Belmont streets and sidewalks. Using the mapping feature, on the website, residents can identify current issues, future opportunities, or potential quick fixes for complete streets Streets elements, such as pedestrian accommodations, like sidewalk upgrades, new pedestrian connections, crosswalks, ADA accessibility, bicycle accommodations, like bicycle roadway treatment, bicycle parking, transit elements, like bus stop amenities, and roadway safety. Comments from residents are essential to the process and will be integrated into the development of complete streets projects in Belmont. Once data is collected, there will be a public forum to discuss the areas of concern, generate a list of projects, and then prioritize them according to Garvin. Residents will be able to submit feedback as many times as they would like. After submitting the form, the form will refresh and clear previous field entries ready for the next submission. You can visit HTTPS colon forward slash forward www.belmont-ma.gov forward slash for the link to the website. And now on to Claire.
1: Thank you, Bob. Graham opens in Concord Center by Rob Carter. When other children were asking Santa for dolls and toy trucks, Belmont resident Nikki Crignalli was asking for scanners and cash registers. I've always wanted to open my own store, Crignalli said, and now, standing in front of display cases filled with nuts and dried fruits at 49 Main Street in Concord Center, Crignalli has realized that dream. On Monday, October 1st, Crignalli opened officially opened Graham, a chocolate, nut, and dried fruit store on the corner of Main Street and Walden Street. We looked at a bunch of places, but they all looked the same. Then we saw this place, and it was so charming, Crignalli said. It looked like the stores in Europe that I always wanted to own. With large windows, exposed brick walls, and high ceilings, the store has a bright and open aesthetic with colorfully wrapped treats filling the dark wood shelving. The name Graham comes from a phonetic spelling of the word gram, G-R-A-M, a unit of weight. The name is sort of twofold. With you, we focus on healthy eating, so the weight plays on that idea. It's also based on how we purchase our nuts. They're all sold in grams or kilograms, Crignalli said. Graham imports the nuts, dried fruit, and chocolates from small farms and chocolatiers and roasts the nuts on site. Krignally said she makes an effort to personally connect with her suppliers, many of whom who sell almost exclusively through her shop. Now, here's Bob.
2: Thank you, Claire. Business owners donate funds for crosswalk signs. On September 28th, the selectman accepted a gift from local realtor Ann Mahone for $2,000 and loading dock owner Fuad Mokakar for $400 to fund six yield to pedestrian signs to be placed on crosswalks at intersections in Belmont to increase pedestrian safety. Glenn Clancy, director of community development, said they will order the signs and come up with a list of suggested locations which the selectmen will approve in early November. We need to have something to make drivers more aware of our crosswalks and having heard the great sadness of friends and family of the woman killed at the traffic advisory meeting, it clicked how good Belmont is to me and my family and that this is a perfect project for me to give back and try to make a difference so this never happens again wrote Mahone in an email to the Citizen Herald. And now back to Bob.
0: Along with my colleagues Claire and my brother Bob, we would like to thank you for listening to the talking news and hope you've enjoyed the show. We will return next week for another edition of Local News Happenings Around Belmont.